Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. It's so great to be here. Pastor Marcus asked me to come and share a story. And so rather than kind of preaching a sermon, Dave, if it's okay with you, I just want to tell you kind of my prayer story. And so, because this happened to me uh, years ago, and it's changed everything about who I am to this day, and, uh, and so Pastor Marcus said, please just come and share what happened to you, what God did in you through, through prayer. So I'm going to kind of back up a while and, and, and share that story if I, if I can with you real quick. Uh, so years ago, uh, we, we felt led by God to go plant the church. We're in Corpus Christi, Texas. How many of you guys know where that's at? All three of you, thank you so much. We appreciate that. No, actually, I was surprised. There's like 30 hands went up. That's incredible. It's about the size of our city, 30 people. So... Uh, no, it's a great town, but the Bible says to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. We have done that. We're in a very small town right by the water. But anyway, so we, we went to plant the church years ago, and uh, I remember um, I wrote a, out a mission statement and really felt God leading us through a series of events. God led us there, and we were there, and I had this, this mission statement written out that we were going to, our goal was to reach 1,000 people in 10 years. I was told that was incredibly arrogant by other local pastors and other people. They're like, who do you think you are? And uh, I, maybe I was arrogant. I hope I wasn't. Uh, but I, was just, I just was excited about what God was going to do. And I believe God was going to do something great. So I thought in 10 years, it'd be great if we could do that. It'd be amazing. I thought it'd be incredible. Well, what happened was three years into the church, we'd reached all our goals. So here we are, three years old as a church. We had 1,000 people come to church already. And it's awesome. But how many of you guys know reaching people is addictive? It's exciting. How many of you guys also know reaching people means you're tired? So we were also worn out. Like, it was great. I mean, church would be so much easier with all you people showing up. And so, <laughs> so I was worn out, but I loved it. God was moving in a powerful way. So I just, maybe I'm really tired. And we had three little kids when we, when we moved to, to town to start the church. We had one six-week-old child at the time. Now he's 25. It's crazy how time flies. But, but so then we had, when we got there about a year and a half in, we had our second child. So my, my poor wife has, has got three babies She's got two babies and the church baby, right? And so we're super busy. We're worn out, but we love it. God's moving. But I just felt like I didn't have anything left. I was like, I don't know what to do next. So I said, babe, I'm really tired. Let's go get a break. So we decided to go to Disney World without the kids. <laughs> you may find me, but it's so much better without the kids. <laughs> Leave those brats at home. That's what I'm talking See, you're high-fiving because you know what I'm talking about. It's great. I love it. And then they'll be calling you, where are you? Like, we're going on this ride. It's awesome. How's school? <laughs> They're like, yeah, whatever, Dad. So anyway, so we decided to leave the kids at home and we went to Disney World, just the two of us. It was great. Now, don't judge me too bad because we did take them back the next year. But we went just the two of us. We're having a good time. I just needed some rest. I needed some fun. I just wanted to kind of just not think anything. And so we were there having a great time. And when we were there, I hadn't been in years. So it's my first time as an adult to be there. And I kept walking around thinking, man, this place is so clean and it's run so well. And, you know, if you've, ever, if you've ever started an organization or if you're in charge of an organization, you know, it's just so hard to keep up with everything. So when you walk around, you're like, man, I can't find a, a piece of dirt. I mean, it's just everything is nice and manicured and everyone's smiling. And what's going on? Are they wearing shot collars? I can't see what's happening. Everyone, 
just worked so hard. And, you know, I just, I couldn't believe it. And so I was enjoying the rides. And I think that's always a fun thing at Disney. But I was also enjoying the, the management of like how it's run so well, you know. So then I found out they had this thing called Walt's Dream. It was like a little walkthrough of his life. You could go, it's in Hollywood studios. You still have it to this day. You just walk through. It's not a ride. You just walk through and it shows pictures. Here's where he was born, and here's his family, and here's when he, when he's, you know, 18, 19, started a little, a little cartoon company, and then, you know, just kind of goes his whole life. And so as I'm watching that, I'm just super inspired. As a guy who started something from nothing, it inspired me. So then at the end, they have a 20-minute video. So I sit down with my wife to watch this video. This is 2001. This is a while ago. We sit down to watch this video, and it's a video they're interviewing him before he died about the whole Walt Disney dream and all that stuff. So he's, he's just talking about different stuff, and he says, you know, people look at the, the parks, and they look at, you know, the, the studio and the movies and all that, but I want, and he has this famous quote. He said, I just want everyone to remember that it was all started by a mouse. Of course, he's referring to the day he drew Mickey Mouse on a napkin and then created a cartoon. The cartoon built the studios. The studios built the movies. The movies built the theme parks, Right. Right when he said that in the movie, I'm just sitting here trying to have a good time, not even thinking about God or anything, honestly. The Holy Spirit speaks to me through that, believe it or not. And I felt the Holy Spirit quicken my spirit. I felt him tell me this. I felt right then the Lord told me, if a man can build all this with a mouse, what can you do with the Holy Spirit? I was wrecked. I was like, uh, and I had that look on my face that scares my wife. Like, <laughs> I turned to her and no lie, that's what she said. She looked at me and she goes, we're not starting another church. I was like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't going to suggest that. It was so funny. I was like, no, 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 we're staying with the one we got. I said, honey, I don't know what's going on, but I think God just spoke to me. She's like, through this, we're at, we're at Disney World, right? What? I was like, I know it sounds crazy, but I think God's speaking to me. And she said, well, we're here for a couple more days. Just walk around the parks and ask God what he's trying to tell you. Fair enough. So, you know, it's always a great combination, ride rides, eat lots of sugary food, and pray. You know, so that's what I was doing. So I was just riding rides. I'm like, God, what are you trying to tell me? And I just, because I was out of ideas, I was kind of out of vision. I was like, Lord, what do you want our church to do over the next 20 years? So I just threw that number out, because that's as far as my mind can see is about 20 years down the road. I was like, so Lord, what do you want our church to become? What do you want us to do? If a guy can build all this off, off the imagination of a mouse, then what can we do? And so I'm walking around the theme parks, and I'm just praying. And I say, God, what are you trying to tell me? And I felt the Lord tell me, pray more. I was like, right, that's what I'm doing. God, what do you want to tell me? Pray more. Uh-huh, right, that's what we're doing right now, God. What do you want to tell me? And I'm kind of a numbers guy, so immediately I was like, oh, how long do you want me to pray? And so I, I felt the Lord, you know, telling me more. I was like, yeah, okay, can you quantify that? I don't know what you mean by that. I'm a numbers guy, right? So I'm like, how many do we have in youth group? How many are in small groups? How many people get saved? How many, you know, all that stuff, right? Those are all good numbers to count. We count people because people count. And so, but... In my numbers brain, I was like, okay, Lord, well, in seminary, I reserved a room, you know, like in the library or a dorm where you can just, you know, have it for a couple hours or whatever. I reserved it all day so I could just go and do like my own private prayer retreat. And I took some books with me and I took something to listen to and had my Bible, my journal, and I just prayed for eight hours. And it sounds like I was a monk. I wasn't. I was just praying a little bit and I'd get a little unfocused and listen to some music, some praise music. And I would open a Christian book and read some and I'd write in my journal. Anyways, I did all this over an eight hour period of time. And it's in that time that God told me to go start a church. So I was confirming that what I thought the Lord was leading, and he confirmed it in that time. So in my mind, the most I'd ever prayed was eight hours. So I said, okay, God, you want me to pray like three or four hours? He was like, more. Okay, God, you want me to pray eight hours again? I can, I can probably do that again if you want me to pray more. I'm like, okay. Now, by the way, don't negotiate with God. Bad idea. <laughs> 
So I'm like, Lord, just tell me how long you want me to pray. And so as I said that, this is the second day of me asking the same thing again and again as I'm walking around the parks. We're now in Epcot. I'm rounding the corner in Epcot, and I'm like, and I'm just under my breath praying. I've got my wife by my side, and, we're, and I'm walking. I'm like, Lord, just tell me, okay, how many hours do you want me to pray? Obviously, you want me to pray some big amount. How much? As I round the corner, this is 2001. As I round the corner, there's this giant Epcot ball. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> On top of it was a giant 30-foot 100. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, right, God. <laughs> There's no way you want me to pray 100 hours. Like, that's insane. Like, that's crazy people do that. I, if I pray 10 hours, I'll be Billy Graham. That's crazy. I can't, <laughs> I can't do 100 hours. That's insane. So I turned to my wife, and I was like, hey, babe, um, you know, I've been praying the last couple of days. So, oh, did God tell you something? And I was like, well, maybe. I don't know. And, well, what do you think God told you? Well, I've been asking God how long I should pray. And I think maybe God wants me to pray 100 hours. And she says, well, it can't hurt. And I was like, you can't hurt. Yes, it can. <laughs> That's a long time. I was like, are you kidding me? But I, I felt God telling me that's what he wanted me to do. And I felt, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to do this. I never, never took a class or read a book on this. They didn't cover this in seminary, like how to pray really long periods of time. I had no idea. Okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know how. And then I had to figure it out. So then I did something really dumb. I went home and told the church I was going to do it. And I said, and you guys can ask me whenever you see me what hour I'm on and whatever God's telling me. Big mistake. Then the first week, they're like, what hour are you on? I'm like, two. You know, like a week, a week goes by. How, what number are you on? I'm like, four. I mean, it was like, okay, I got to take this serious. So, so what I did was I had a little time. I got my Apple Watch on now, but I normally have a little Timex watch I got from Walmart because that's where all the big time pastors shop. Anyway, so I had my, my Timex watch, and I would click it to an hour timer, and I would hit go, and I would just start praying. And then whatever my dominant thought was at the end of that hour, I'd hear a little bell go off, a little buzzer. And as soon as I heard that little beep, why am I saying bell and buzzer? What in the world? Who has a buzzer on their arm? Anyways, a beep. So it would be beep, beep. And as soon as I heard it, whatever my dominant thought was, I, I would just write it down. So I went to the back of my, my little notebook I carried around and wrote 1 to 100 in just hour one. Here's, a, here's a, what I was thinking about. Whatever that was. It's amazing after a bunch of hours how you see kind of a constellation of thoughts that match. And you start to see the bigger picture of what God's trying to do. So let me read a couple of scriptures to you real quick. Isaiah 40 says, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, uh, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. By the way, do you know an eagle can see five miles ahead? It's the only bird that can do that. Because when God begins to speak to you, it takes you to new heights, and you can see further into your future. So they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Would you agree that we have a lot of young people who are weary? Isn't it amazing? A couple of years ago, they shut down churches all across the world, and all the bad stats went up, all of them. Divorce, drugs alcoholism, depression, suicide, cutting, all the bad stats went up. Maybe it's time for us to realize that God wants his house full. He does. He does. So I'm praying, and I had this little thing I, I started doing. Again, these were not things I thought of. I just started doing them because I'm just trying to figure this out as I go. So there's a spot in my home, in our old home, where our kids grew up. And I would just walk, there's this hallway from my, our, our bedroom, all the, past my boy's bedroom, all the way to my daughter's bedroom, just like a little runway. So I would just at night walk that and pray, which is really cool because it brings 
just mentioning it brings back great memories because I would also stop and pray over my kids. And that's, if you don't do that, parents, you're missing something really special. And so I just, I, I, I miss that. My youngest daughter just went off to college just a few weeks ago. And so that's a, that's a I'll, I'll stop or I'll start crying. But anyways, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I'd pray with him, but so I'd, I'd walk and just pray. And, uh, and God really would speak to me in that because I'm kind of an ADD guy. So to stay focused, I need to walk. And I also learned to pray under my breath. Otherwise, my mind would just wonder, you've been praying and you're like, Lord, I just thank you, God. You're a big God and big and, you know, like big like the ribs I had last night and barbecue and barbecue sounds great. You know, that pie was really good. I wonder where I can get that pie. Okay, God, I'm sorry. God, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So thank you. All right. So, yeah. So for me, <laughs> so you can see, I have to pray this long just to get to where you already are. Okay. That's, that's, that's why I'm praying on so I would just walk and pray, and it kind of kept me focused. And I also would journal. I think this is why David journaled. I think David was our ADD king, and so he would journal. You know, I think it's why we have psalms, because you know he didn't rather that to be spiritual. Like, have you read some of the psalms? They're like, dear God, spite my enemies. Like, that's his prayer. Kill them all, God. <laughs> I can pray that prayer. I mean, that's like, I agree. Kill them all. That's great. Wouldn't that be great if Jesus just did that for you? Let the bodies hit the flow. Boom. I'd be so great. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry. We need to edit this video. I'm sorry. That's, Marcus, just tune out. Go enjoy the walk with your wife. Don't, don't listen right now. I've never come back. It's okay. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. It's fine. But don't you want to pray prayers like that? He would say, like, just smite my enemies. But by the end of the Psalms, he'd be like, but Lord, I know you love them and your wonderful grace and compassion, blah, 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 whatever. You know, like that. You could see his heart turning because we think we're trying to turn the heart of God, but God's trying to turn the heart of man. So in this prayer time, in my little walk where I would walk and pray, I still walk and pray to this day. It's just a thing I do. It keeps me focused. It keeps my heart right. But when I do that, I would pray and I would just seek the Lord. The first 10 hours of this were really just almost a waste of time. I, just, I would pray, and I was like, God, do this, and God, do this, and grow our youth group, Lord, and grow our small groups, and help people to get saved, and Lord, help our church to have more money coming in so we can pay the bills, and Lord, I prayed you'd help us to reach our community. And I was praying all these good prayers. I mean, these are all great prayers. And I was like, and God, do this. And then, but then I, I start stretching beyond it, and I've got a lot of hours to cover. So I'm like, uh, and God, give us world peace. And Lord, I pray for our president, and our governor, and our, our city council, and I know who they are, but you know who they are, so just pray for them, God. And then I pray for, I mean, I didn't, you know, like, just pray for the grass to be green. And I'm just, and finally, 10 hours in, I finally just said to God, and this is not very spiritual. I'm just being honest with you. My wife is not home. It was my day off. She took the kids somewhere. It's just me and God. And in my, I'll never forget, in my master bedroom, I just sat on the bed one time and I just finally got loud with God. I said, God, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. I can't believe you got me into this. I went and I told our people, I'm 10 hours in, had heard a thing from you. 10 hours, nothing. You, you need to tell me something because people are going to start asking and you better come through. I need to hear from you. And right then, God says, good, will you, I was like, Lord, I pray for everything I know to pray about. And God said, good, will you finally shut up? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can do that. And then I began to pray a prayer that God always answers. There's one prayer that he always answers. Without, wouldn't it be nice, how many of you guys are praying for something that God's not answering? Can I give you a prayer he'll always answer? Because he never hears it. When he hears it, all of heaven stops. Hold on, stop. That person right there in Cincinnati, did you hear that prayer? Go, go, go. Angels, go, go, go. You know what the prayer is? Here it is. No one says it. You ready? Hey, God, what can I do for you today? He never hears that prayer. He hears, here's what I want you to do for me today. All day long. But he never hears. What do you want me to do for you today? 
So I began to shift my prayer. And right in that moment when God told me to shut up, he, he says things like that. <laughs> he reminded me of something that I remembered from high school. I, my dad, parents dragged me to some prayer conference. They didn't know there was a thing, a prayer. What's a prayer conference? That sounds so super lame. But I went thinking there was cute girls there. Why would there be cute girls at a prayer conference? <laughs> Anyways, so I went. Sitting there with my parents, God starts to move. And I remember the speaker said, you have to learn to practice the presence of God. And he reminded me that. And right in that moment, I said, God, I'm so sorry. I've even made prayer about me. I've even made prayer about myself rather than making it about you. See, one thing I've learned is that when you get in the presence of God and God shows up, if you're like me, got the word. I'm like, oh, wow, God, you're moving. This is incredible. You're doing so much. Oh, and you gave me this great word. Thanks so much. This is awesome. Okay. Hey, I just, man, I had a great time with God. I just want to tell you what happened. And the king of kings is over here going, why'd you, why'd you, why'd you leave? I wasn't done. I wasn't, I, I wasn't even close to done. See, the problem with the whole king of kings thing, we don't get, we live in a democracy. We don't have a king. So we don't get this concept. But you go to other parts of the world where there's a kingdom you don't rush in and out of the throne room. Don't you dare. Who do you think you are? In fact, when you go into the throne room, you have to be invited. And when you get in the presence of God, the first thing you do is get low. And everyone knows all the weaponry to protect the kings around them, so no sudden movements. And if you'll stay, God will tell you things. That will change your life. In fact, even when I do finally leave the presence of God, you have to do it like you do in a kingdom. Never turn your back on the king. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. First thing I want you to know is the language of the Holy Spirit is vision. Joel 2.28 says, after all this, after all the stuff that I do, and by the way, if you read in Joel, all the stuff he did was bad. After the world goes to crap, the economy falls apart, everyone's in a big mess, there's all kinds of battles going on all around the world, everyone's at each other's throats. That's what it says in Joel. Just read Joel chapter 1, read it. You know, it's a good thing it doesn't happen today in our society. <laughs> but he said, but right after that, you'll recognize you need me, and I'll pour out my spirit. That's when he does his greatest work, is in the middle of your pain is when he moves. It says this, then after all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. When God speaks to you, he gives you a picture in your mind. And the picture he gives you will freak you out. You know why? because it's bigger than you can do on your own. Because you're not supposed to do it on your own. He'll give you a picture. You know why I'm standing in this beautiful building with thousands of people right now? Because God gave your pastor a picture. God gave him a vision. And we're now sitting in that vision. Isn't that beautiful? Glory to God. Can we just honor God right now? Isn't God amazing? Look at this. Screens. I mean, unbelievable. Here's another thing God will do. God will give you his presence. Talked about a moment ago, kneeling before the Lord. You're in his presence. 
He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and in him, he, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I've discovered I'm really good at trying to do stuff and end up doing nothing. But if I'll be with Lord, the Lord a little while, I can do something. But if I'll abide in the Lord, I can do anything. Just staying in this presence. You ever heard the phrase, don't just stand there, do something? I want to say, don't just do something, stand there. Just stand in the presence of God. God will give you his presence. But this is what happens. We get in his presence and we get those goosebumps and we get that great feeling. And all of that's real. All of it's real. If you haven't experienced that, you're missing something. So just stay in the presence of God. But, but I just want to say, but when we get that, we get that feeling. And boy, that feeling can keep you going for a while. It's great. But the problem is we get up too quick because the king is about to download some information to you. Don't go quickly. Slow down. Hour 10 through hour 50, I was praying, but now I'm listening. And I'm journaling, and I'm like, open my one-year Bible, and I would ask God, I would write down in my journal, I kind of feel like you're telling me this, is, is that what you want? And then I'd open the one-year Bible, and it was shocking how that next day's reading, like, in the world, that, that, I just asked that question, there, there's the answer, you ever had this? You gotta be kidding me, so then I'm writing, okay, okay, and God just speak me through this, and this time is getting richer and richer. And then around hour 50, something happened, I, I can't really explain <laughs> I just need to give you a little background real quick. Um, I grew up Southern Baptist. I am a recovering Southern Baptist. <laughs> I go to 12-step for this. I'm working through it. So nothing wrong with that. I actually have a great spiritual heritage. My, I, I got the good part of that, not, not so much the bad part, thank God. I got Jesus. I got the Word of God. Not so much of the Holy Spirit moving, but I got the Jesus and the Word of God part. And then I kind of fell into some of the other stuff that God's taught me through what I'm about to share with you. And so around hour 50... Something happened. <laughs> when we planted the church, we were broke. And I couldn't get to any pastors that had planted big churches. You just couldn't get access to them. There wasn't avenues for that. They had to have big conferences, but you couldn't get to them to ask them real detailed questions. So the two things I was lacking was resources and wisdom. See, I believe that your misery becomes your ministry. So most of my questions centered around that. I was like, God, what do you want to do with me? I just love church planting. I want to win the world to Christ. What do you want to do? And all of a sudden, I, I had something that I can only describe as a vision. <laughs> I never quite get through this because um, it just changed me. Um, I'm in my living room. I'm not asleep, I'm wide awake. And in my prayer time, I suddenly see people walking up to me from all walks of life, from all over the world. I'll never forget there was a, a, a black man from Africa, an Af not African American, an African man. There was a woman from Asia, there was a man from India, there was uh, someone from Europe, there, and they were all walking up to me, and they all started saying the same thing to me. They all started saying, When are you going to start the church for me? When are you going to start the church that changes my life? When are you going to start the church that saves my family? But they weren't saying it. They were saying it in their language, and I was hearing it in mine. Right at that moment, I grabbed my journal, and as fast as I could, I began to write 
the Holy Spirit was downloading me details to grow the church to 10,000 people, to have a budget over $10 million, to be able to do $1 million towards missions every year, to plant churches worldwide. And God began to download this to me, that we were to plant 100 churches worldwide, and here's how we're going to do it, all at once. If you wait in the presence of God, when he finally does break through to you, you get it all at once. Some scholars believe that this is how Moses was when God said, I'm going to pass by you, but you can only see my backside. I don't think he was referring to his behind. I think he was referring to his beginning. Many scholars believe this is when Moses said, in the beginning, this happened, this happened, and the first day, this happened, the second day, this is just like a download. I don't know that to be true, but I do know my experience. God quickly laid out the next 20 years. And then the next 50 hours, all the way to 100 hours, was clarifying each part of the way. I've spent the last 20 years doing that vision. And through that one moment of 100 hours, a season of prayer, we've now planted over 106 churches all across the world. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. God will give you his presence. I have a little girl. She's 19 now. She's still my little girl. Always will be. When she was little, little, I'd be eating a cookie on the couch. Unlike your pastor, I eat cookies. And uh, <laughs> I was eating a cookie on the couch, and she wanted the cookie when she was about two, three years old. She'd come up to me, Daddy, Daddy, can I have the cookie? And I was like, yeah, you can have a cookie. And she'd come up to me, and she wanted me to hand it to her. And I was like, no, no, no. And I'd hold it up by my face. You know why I did that? Because she wanted what was in my hand. But as her father, I wanted her. And then she'd crawl up the couch and crawl up me and get the cookie. And then I got to hold my baby up close. Could you be praying about something that you're not getting an answer to yet? And God's saying, oh, I have the answer, but I'm going to hold it over here. Because you're trying to get information. And I want to give you revelation. Did you know God has a secret he wants to tell you? The biggest secret he wants to tell you is who you really are. You have way more in you than you realize. So God gives you his presence. Then God gives you his power. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the, the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Can you imagine being in the face of God as one speaks to a a friend? God will give you his his power. I didn't know this, but when I prayed this 100 hours of prayer the first time, I've done multiple seasons of it now, but the first time, if someone would have said to me, I don't believe in the vision, I didn't hear this, but if I would have heard, I don't believe in the vision, I could have looked back at him and said, I prayed 100 hours of, on it. How long have you prayed? There's something that happened to me that I didn't expect, and that was that spiritual authority entered my life. Because authority does not come from degrees or position titles. It comes from being on your knees. And it gave me an authority that I didn't even know existed. And then the last thing God will give you is his permission. You see, before Moses knew he wanted to set the people free, he was so mad he killed the guy over it, did it all the wrong way, right motives, wrong way. But then when he had a burning bush moment, when God's spirit showed up 
and he waited upon the Lord and he heard from God and God downloaded to him some amazing things. Then he went, told his wife and father-in-law, then he went to the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh, and said, let my people go. I'm sure he talked to God before. They said, God, they're going to arrest me. They're going to throw me in jail. I mean, I, I'm, a one, I'm a fugitive there. And God said, no, 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 you're not, going. you're not going like you were. You're going now as a man who's been with me. You have authority now. You have permission. Exodus 5 says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. And of course, we know the Lord did something incredibly miraculous. So here's why God brought me here. I believe God brought me here because God wanted a spiky-haired preacher with ADD to come from Texas to tell you this. He's saying this, I miss my time with you. I have so much to tell you. I have so much to share with you. You have so much more in you. But if you keep wallowing around, waiting for Instagram to meet your needs, waiting for a person to give you the right advice instead of going to the Lord, you will be missing what he has for you. So I would like to start us off and ask you to stand to your feet at all of our campuses, Anderson location as well. And I want to invite you to join me. I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not doing, but God, I'm going to come before you. And I just ask you, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need your power in my life. And so I want to pray. I just invite you to join me. If you'd like to come forward and join me, come on. All campuses, if you're online, just hit your knees right now. God, we need you. God, we need you desperately to do what only you can do in our lives. Please, God, we tried things on our own. It doesn't work. We need you. So we come before you. You can change our children. We can. You can change our marriage. You can change our finances. You can heal me. You can do what no man can do. So I come before you now, God. I need your presence. I need your power. And I need your permission. Guide me, God. Lead me. Let's sing to God today. Come before him.
surrender to God, sometimes you got to turn your back from the crowd. If you want to hear from God, you got to turn your back from the crowd. He has so much to tell you. Thank you, Spirit, you are here. Thank you, God. You're speaking to us. We want to stay in your presence. Lord, we want your power and your permission to be the people you've called us to be. Thank you, God. If we'll give you our time, you'll give us your power. If we'll give you our time, you'll give us your presence. If we'll give you our time, you'll give us permission. And then once you turn your back on the crowd, it's then that you can turn and face the world again and be a witness like never before. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.